0: Hi, it's John Bernatovich, your host of the HR Like a Boss podcast. Welcome to season three. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals with the hope of finding what it takes to do HR Like a Boss. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. On today's show, I am joined by Deb Calvert. Super excited to have Deb on the show. She's got a lot of followers on LinkedIn and has some really unique perspective on all things HR. So Deb, welcome to the HR Like a Boss podcast.
1: Thank you, John. I am honored to be here. I, I think you're doing a fantastic service for the HR community here.
0: Well, thank you so much. Well, having great people like you makes that job very easy. And I know we've had a chance to get to know each other a little bit, but for those that do not know who you are of our listening community, please tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days and your passion for human resources.
1: All right. So, flash way back, I was an HR director with a Fortune 500. Went into business for myself, and 17 years later, I have founded uh, People First Productivity Solutions, training, coaching, consulting, and People First Leadership Academy, which is a place for lots of free and and affordable uh, content about leadership development, personal effectiveness, and team effectiveness.
0: What a perfect guest for our show. We can. Get right into it because I know you've probably listened to the podcast before based upon what we talked about. And you know uh, my passion for the purpose and purpose-driven companies. So I start all of my podcast guests out with the same question is how would you describe the purpose of human resources?
1: I think it's all about the people, and that gets lost so much in the compliance uh, side of the business, but the motto of my company is putting people first, and I see really that that is the purpose of HR, to have the right people practices, to have the, the systems and the training in place for others, so that you're successful as a business because you put people first.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's important. I'm so glad you gave that explanation because just saying putting people first is easy, but having those processes, the technology, uh, the resources available for your human human resource professionals so that then they can uh, practice all that. It's so so critically important.
1: Mind if I take a tangent, you know, because there's one more clarification in in what you and I were saying here. People misunderstand. It's not person first. This isn't about yielding to every single demand of every single person, but people, the whole of the organization, that's what really matters.
0: Yeah. And I definitely find that it's unique. I, I The passion for me around HR is, is I understand as the CEO of my business, kind of sitting in the middle between the success or failure of the company, Willery, in this particular case, and the success or failure of my team, our employees. And there's definitely a balance between that. And you kind of, you hear that a lot about walking that that tightrope or in that aisle in between those two uh, competing at times priorities. But uh, when you get them synergized and harmonized together and understand what we're trying to do as an organization, and doesn't mean you're not going to have issues along the way, but uh, gosh, it, it really is fun and energetic when you get uh, like-minded people doing uh, similar things and understanding their role in a business. So super excited to, uh, to, to speak to spread out our conversation a little bit into this idea of employee engagement. And I know, I know that it matters a lot to you. And I know there's a lot of data around it. And it's one of the reasons why I wrote the book, because it didn't seem like a great thing to have people that work for your company that weren't engaged. So tell me what you think about employee engagement and how organizations can improve it.
1: Well, From an HR perspective, I think it starts with telling the story about why employee engagement matters so much, because we know that employee engagement is the, not one of, but the main ingredient for unlocking the potential within your business to achieve anything else that you want to achieve. So I like people to think about employee engagement as a domino effect. Employee engagement meaning emotional connection people have to their work so that they apply additional discretionary effort when they have that emotional connection the first domino is well the good people you want to have stick around they they stick around your retention I- improves and that emotional connection is what drives the discretionary effort so second domino would be productivity and, and you know research by every measure proves this out uh, it's Higher quality, higher quantity, less absenteeism—you uh, y- name it. Less overtime, right? Productivity measures all are directly tied to employee engagement. Common sense. You have this first two dominoes: employees who stick around, higher productivity, voila. You have improved customer satisfaction, and as a result of that, you have higher revenue. You have improved profit. So employee engagement—that entire beautiful domino effect all comes from having employees who are engaged and that's the story I think sometimes in HR we know it so well that we forget to to tell it to other people who think it's just some business buzzword or some nice little luxury that that would be nice to have
0: putting people first exactly yeah and and maybe maybe to to spring off of that a bit Deb, if you don't mind, what what do they do with employees that aren't engaged? What are your your recommendations to an HR professional where you know that you have a a group of employees or a department or maybe an individual that just is not engaged at work? What what suggestions do you have?
1: Well, my number one suggestion is not to look at that employee and to mark them down for not being self-motivated or other sort of judgments that we put on there. That's my second recommendation. But first, I think it's important to look at what's going on with the manager. Especially if there's any trend, we see a little less engagement in a certain area. Managers are the ones who have the primary responsibility, and they need training, they need to, to, to understand what it takes to, to engage people. And so HR being able to work through managers to equip them for employee engagement ought to be the starting point.
0: And, and why do you think like now more than ever, this idea of leadership at every level matters so much more? Like, why, why is that such a critical uh, point of emphasis for you and your business and, and one of the topics you want to talk about on the show?
1: Yeah, uh, so many answers to this. Let's see. Let me start with, um, you know, there's an interesting bit of research, uh, a survey of CEOs that goes out and asks them, when do you believe people should receive some sort of leadership development? And the average age that CEOs give to that question is age 19. But the truth is, the average age when people receive any sort of formal leadership development, if they ever do, the average age is 44. That's decades of missed opportunity. How sad. And now we've got companies that are all flailing, floundering, and competing with each other to to try to source leadership talent to bring into their company when they have open positions because you didn't bring it up from inside, But see, if every company has the same problem, it's becoming more and more difficult to bring in leaders because they weren't developed somewhere else either. So leadership at every level. I'm not talking about just preparing people for the executive ranks, but leadership at every level, well, that does give you bench strength, but on top of that, it engages employees because – it's emotionally invigorating to know that that a company believes in you and and is going to invest in you and help you to to grow in your own right as a leader. And if you have leadership at every level, you unlock that cascade. Because by the way, that domino effect, the number one thing that creates employee engagement is certain behaviors uh, of leaders. So if you know what those behaviors are and you allow those behaviors, encourage them at every level, you've got a magical culture that really does keep people around.
0: Yeah, no, it's an interesting data point. I hadn't heard that before that we've missed uh, two and two and a half decades, roughly on your math of uh, when, when we think they should be developed versus when they actually are. I know, I know the recent data point I had, which was a critical part in the book is it's like four and a half years from the time somebody becomes a manager before they get trained to be a manager. So it's <laughs> the, the literal, like throw you in the deep end of the pool and figure out how to, to swim. And uh, one of the things I learned very quickly as we were trying to grow and scale uh, my business Willery is the importance of having a competent and aligned leadership team. So we've spent a lot, a lot of time, energy, and effort on developing and acquiring talent in that team. And to be frank, we have scaled uh, as a result of it. And it's made my job as the leader easier because uh, you have competent people you can trust and make a difference. You don't have to worry about how they're treating everyone every single day at work, or they're not being effective in what they do. So uh, loud and clear to our, our HR Like a Boss podcast listeners, make sure you got the right managers sit in those right seats leading your team and give them ample amounts of leadership development. It sounds like uh, Deb might have some resources to help you along the way, So, uh, which is really cool. Speaking of helping along the way, I can't uh, but take a moment to thank our sponsor, which is near and dear to my heart. I know I've given Willery a couple of plugs already, but I'm going to give it one more it's supported the formation of the HR Like a Boss podcast and continues to provide resources to put on this show. Willery's purpose is to empower people and is focused on supporting mid sized clients with its direct hire and temporary staffing support, along with its HR technology focused client side support to companies. So if you're struggling to find talent in your HR or payroll teams, or you're not getting a return on your investment for your HR technology, please visit willery.com to learn more. All right, Deb, now the kind of fancy, let's get right to it uh, question. You, you mentioned in our preparation for today's show that uh, nine box, the nine box model theory for talent review is a point of passion for you. And I'm wondering how at times using that tool or others, HR is inadvertently impairing employee engagement levels.
1: Yeah, this is a pet peeve of mine, and I've been thinking about it for a long time, since way back when I was at that Fortune 500, and I was part of the group that did what they called the, the rankings of the VPs across 31 markets. And I was stunned to see how subjective that process really was. And of course, my initial thought was, oh, you know, that must just be here. But now in these 17 plus years of being in business for myself, I've seen it over and over again, and there's a lack of awareness when it becomes subjective it's really a lot about halos and horns. What box was somebody in last year? Well, that's largely where they're going to end up in the future because of how we viewed them. But here's my real pet peeve, right? So the process, I think, first of all, it's antiquated. been around since 1970. And we can do better. But, but I think the biggest problem and what drives that subjectivity, what allows for unconscious bias to creep in, is the dimension of potential. I mean, if you really think about this, John, how on earth can any individual truly know the potential of, of anyone else? We barely know our own potential. And so then we put people in these boxes and we either label them and, and it's oftentimes um, a little debilitating to their morale or we don't let them know what it was. And now the lack of transparency, that that mystery causes people to feel a little suspicious and disengaged. So I recommend if you're looking at, at how to determine who you're going to invest in for development, or if you're looking for some sort of mechanism to really evaluate people in your talent review process, how can you strip out the subjectivity? How can you take out potential? And I've devised and now uh, beta tested with a few clients an alternative for that, which seems to be working pretty well. Short version is keep looking at performance, but do it with objective true metrics. And then instead of potential, look at how they do the work create some real true behavioral examples of for example uh, your values what do they look like in action and now you're looking at what people do and you're looking at how they do the work crystal clear transparent and make sure that people understand there's there's room to move between those boxes because they're getting good coaching and support
0: yeah awesome can tell your passion I know that's uh, near and dear to your heart and something that's uh, struck a chord. Maybe our listeners are are feeling that same thing right now and we'll, we'll challenge that nine box or come up with other alternatives as you have, Deb. So congratulations and continued success. Thanks. All right, the book is HR Like a Boss. The podcast is same name, HR Like a Boss. So Deb, I get all of my guests out of the show with one final question. How would you describe someone that does HR Like a Boss?
1: I think that they are passionate about people. That doesn't mean you have to yourself be an extrovert with tons of empathy who's just going to be the shoulder people can lean on and cry on. It means that you have a balance with understanding the compliance nature of the business or the legal aspect of the business. You're protecting your company. And instead of being this open door that just listens to problems and overly empathizes with folks, you are empowering them to take control uh, of their own situations, to be leaders in their own right. And you're educating managers to, to minimize those, those sorts of concerns that are out there. And you're never taking sides, right? The, the HR like a boss to me finds the creative solutions that, that help people understand things differently and, and come back together.
0: Yeah, really cool, awesome, Deb. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm going to share a couple quick recap points, uh, summaries, as they say. You your, your your slogan for your business is putting people first. You talked about the importance of telling the story of why employee engagement is so important within every organization, and looking at leadership at every single level. Let's not wait till we have managers that are too far beyond some of the mistakes they've made or too far into their career. Let's get that leadership development happening as soon as possible. And you talked about stripping out subjectivity and looking at performance when you do evaluations of employees. And last but not least, always having a passion for people and what we do in HR. Deb, you were an awesome guest. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure, John. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Thank you for listening to the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please leave a rating or review. Or better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR.